Welcome to Civil Tension, conversations with contentious intent. We are civil, not polite. We are civil, not politically correct. Civil Tension is a weekly podcast intended to demonstrate that people can engage in difficult, contentious topics of conversation while remaining civil and strengthening the ties that bind, even when we profoundly disagree. Civil Tension can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and more. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Civil Tension, Facebook by joining the Civil Tension podcast group, as well as on our developing Instagram account, Civil Tension, and YouTube channel. To join our mailing list, send a note to civiltension at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. That's our goal today. You know, yeah. Give them a reason. and So they can demonstrate what we just talked about. I would say that, uh, again, I, I, I have agreed with Ken so much. We have... We have no. That's your misfortune. Well, <laughs> what I've agreed with is we've not been able to demonstrate our contentious conversation skills <laughs> because we've been in too much in agreement. Too much in agreement. You know, most people at this table are of a general relatable mindset, and I think we we're at the point where we're having conversations on contentious topics, but. I think the contention is going to wind up coming from people who listen in on this and say, uh, no, you know, hey, screw you guys, I'm going home. Well, it seems like and, we're getting that now, is yeah. what I'm saying, which is, which I mean, is okay. That's okay. That's that's fine. We'll it's, openly invite them to come see Yeah, where are you know, they? Yeah, come on down. Anybody who wants to come on down. And I actually do post, down. I post this as an event in, uh, on the Civil Tension <laughs> podcast group on Facebook. I post up an event and say, you know, this is where we're going to be doing this. Anybody wants to come in, I'm sure Cafe would enjoy their business or wherever we happen to be doing this in the future. And, you know, sit down, listen in. If you want to chime in, chime in. Uh, you know, be happy to pull up a chair. These are big round tables. So what are there? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of us sitting at this. And there's probably room for another one, two, three at least three more chairs uh, so if people wanted to chime in but yeah, we're Peter, happy. to your point about the, uh, the likeness of our we obviously as a group come from from a similar perspective I think what is incumbent on us is to do what I think we've the, your charter to some degree is is that we're obviously civil but also to make sure we're not just bloviating and saying things that are not true and making sure that it's reasoned conversation because I think that's the part that sometimes gets so crazy as people are just bloviating, they're just saying stuff that has no backing, nothing. I think that's, and that's a few times I've done this, this group does a pretty good job of checking each other if they do that. And I think that's important when you don't have three people sitting at the table, they're going to bring a completely different point of view. But I think this group does a pretty good job of it. Well, and that's what I enjoy. I enjoy having a lot of voices because we do get different points of view. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've actually started recording about two and a half minutes ago. Um, but uh, this is Civil Tension. I am Peter Gall, the podcast creator and host. I would like the co-hosts to introduce themselves, please. John Guansi and Tom Sellers. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, let's go ahead and start to my left. We have a nice handful of conversationalists with us here this morning. Introduce yourself. Andy Kinsevich. Jerry Settles. Hans Weick. 
Ken Nicholson. Don Stevenson. Denise Netzel. Awesome. Thank you guys for being here today. This is great. And uh, again, it seems like we're settling into the conversation and topic of whether or not we actually have freedom of speech anymore. You know, last uh, last week, the last episode, we talked about uh, the apparent attack on Christianity and uh, the open, socially acceptable mocking of it. And and that podcast has been probably the most negatively responded to, and uh, it has been the most subversed, meaning, you know, social media has actively blocked it, pulled it, dropped post. Posts got a little bit of uh, uh, Facebook purgatory, Facebook jail from a couple of groups, you know, saying, hey, mm, don't talk about this stuff. A um, couple of people let me know that uh, Allah will kill me in my sleep. Um, hasn't happened yet. Still and, you know, again, to your point, John Wally, I don't know if this was recording then, but uh, I will text you one if that happens. Okay, or and text you, guys, you if it doesn't. And, yeah, and very good. You, you guys can keep us posted because I, I, can, I care. No pun intended. You know, can we put that in a group chat so we all know? <laughs> <laughs> we all know. So we know whether to show up next Friday. Or yeah, right. right. Yeah. So I'll, we'll I'll, show up anyway. Yeah, you guys know that. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, yes, we, we have the First Amendment, but a lot of people don't want us to have the First Amendment. They don't want to hear anything that does not agree with their points of view. And, and man, if if what you have to say doesn't align with their own confirmation bias, their own ideals, they want to shut you down and shut you up. And, and here I am. That that actually just made two little ticks there, so that was a little too loud. I can't get slapping that on the mic. But um, it, it seems like it's just getting to the point where, man, if, if you say something that's on your mind and it's not on the right side, you're, you're going to be you're going to be in for it. Who's right side? <clears throat> Precisely. Well, and that's the thing. Precisely. Who's right side? Because this is happening on both sides. You know, if you're on the left, which I am not, I'm... No. Yeah. I, I'm conservative. I know I'm probably maybe... I, I, I almost hate to use the word liberal anymore. But I, I guess moderate on, on many areas that... Socially don't you know, you know? Socially liberal. That's a good. <clears throat> my daughters described me as that before. Uh, t- uh, responsibly socially, liberal, which is a big difference. I, I, the thing that, that bugs me the most is how much control over what gets heard is in the hands of a very few people, mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it's not people that have. Used to be, I mean, think back to the 50s, 60s, people who owned the newspapers and the magazines pretty much controlled public opinion. Now it's Zuckerberg. Which is better? Are we throwing rocks at Zuckerberg that aren't new? These are not new rocks. I mean, uh, it just used to be that the conservatives owned the newspapers and, and, and you know, the, the shoe was on the other foot. Let me drop back one. Why did the founders feel the need for a legislated freedom of speech? What does it bias as a as a country, as a as a society? What does it bias 
to have the ability to speak our mind without penalty. Because you want to have an arena and marketplace of ideas, and without that, you are absolutely destined for tyranny, which is what they came out of. And the marketplace of ideas allows for the best ideas to come to the top, as can be represented and handled within a representative, democratically elected republic, right? And if you don't have that arena of ideas, uh, the marketplace, you will have tyranny because you'll have tyranny of thought. I want to just go back to something that I think is just categorically wrong, couldn't be any more wrong, is this idea that the left and the right are equally culpable in this. They're not equally culpable. You have to can give consideration to the reality that the left is not just the mirror image of the right with a different set of opinions. The left, a leftist by the definition, is someone who believes in tyranny and the oppression of freedom of speech. But they don't. They they, they don't believe. That. I don't care what they believe. I I believe in reality and not perception. And reality is that history shows us that this is what they do, regardless of whether you're a communist, a socialist, or a fascist. That's the end of that. They control the entertainment field. There's no doubt about that. They they control the media, news media. There's no doubt about that. They control the universities, and there's no doubt about that. They also control quite a bit of your high schools now, and even grade schools, and there's no question or debating that issue either. So let's be really clear about what they do, who's in control, and why we are where we are. And that's because of the leftists who want what they want, and they're not interested in freedom of speech. They're not interested in winning the argument. They're interested in shutting you up and shutting you down. They believe in diversity of opinion so long as they all agree, and if you don't agree, and you don't see Heil and Gustav, you're done. Now that's just the fact of it. Now, if you have a conservative, a constitutional, conservatarian conservative, that believes in the in the in the spirit of Voltaire, and that I will not agree with what you say, but I will defend to my death your right to say it. That individual will clearly state his opinion, her opinion, with passion and without compromise or apology, but will allow you to respond in kind. It will not seek to put you in prison or jail you or drop your posts or kick you off or kick you off the island or the campus or the campus or kick you out of the safe space or kick you out of the or, or suspend you because you didn't want to go out and protest gun violence. All right? They will they will allow you your speech and disagree with you passionately, and then they'll leave you to your life. And that's a difference between the constitutional conservative and the leftist and the liberal, the progressive, the Marxist. And we must be clear on that or else there's no reason to talk. If we just think, well, you're all the same, just different opinions. No, that's not the case. What you're describing, John, it's, somebody interrupt me here when you come up with a better idea. Which, but when you're, what you're describing is a difference in tactics. No. No, no, it, no! It's not tactics. To me, it's the difference in it's what the goal. Theme. The goal, exactly. Well, of course, the goal, we have different we goals. Sit, we all well, sit here and we say the goals. goal is to have freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of ideas, an open marketplace. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would submit that I, I suggest that I agree with what John's saying in the context of 
their goal is to make it where there is not that competing thought in the marketplace. And eliminate right. the market. Eliminate it. Yeah, they don't because want eliminate the market. Because if, if a person oh, is saying it's simply about tactic, let's let's draw an analogy. Let's draw a bad analogy. I'm good at bad analogies, <laughs> which sounds like a paradox, but I am good at bad analogies. Let's draw a par here we go. We're gonna drive someplace, we're gonna drive to Los Angeles. We'll just start in Chicago because that's where about where we are. And you're going to take the interstate, and I'm a nostalgic kind of guy. I'm going to take U.S. highways. Those are just different tactics to the same destination. Different routes, different scenery, different experiences. But they go to the same place. Au contraire, that is not the same thing. The conservative, conservatarian, the constitutional conservative is not going the same place that the Marxist is, well, just with mean, a different. Well, so that I certainly didn't mean it. No. Well, we have a different. Voltaire's conundrum. Mm. I will defend with my life your right mm -hmm. to keep me from defending your right. Mm -hmm. Because if you get control, after I've laid back and let you do that, because right. it's your right to... Then I have no rights. Right. You see, <laughs> then, then I have no rights anymore, neither do you, by but the there, way. But there is an understanding that go, there's an understanding that goes along with that statement on his behalf, that the, his understanding of the other person is this, that that person's going to also defend my rights, too, because if, I don't, if we do not mutually defend our rights, sooner or later, no one will have the right to say anything. That is the understanding. That's where they want to take it. That's the, that is the understanding. And the conservatarian will constantly say, look, you can say whatever it is you want to say, but at the end of the day, you go your way and I go mine. But if we do not mutually defend our rights to say things pretty soon, you're going to have tyranny. And that goes back to the original question, why is the freedom of speech important and why is it in the founding documents? Because when the founding fathers came out, they didn't have that right. They couldn't address their grievances. They couldn't petition. They couldn't do anything. They were, they were under the boot of tyranny. And no one at this table, I don't think anyway, I could be wrong, no one at this table knows what that looks like. To know that there's the possibility that you could be in your home at night and for something that you've said, your door could be kicked in and you could be drug off. Nobody, I don't think anyway. Now, if someone has that, I've misspoken, I apologize. Well, it happened to Trump's attorney. I wish <laughs> well, but, but, but you see, but there it is, right? <coughs> Shouldn't that scare the hell out of us? Yes, it did. It, it should, does. absolutely, yeah. 100%. And mm -hmm. I. Yeah. We don't. We do not know what that really, truly looks like. But I do know from talking with my mother, who came from the UK, when she was little, and after immediately after World War II, you had to be careful what you said. Yes. Because your neighbors in the UK would report you, and you could be blacklisted. You could wind up not being able to even go into a shop and buy any food. You could be blacklisted into for your ideologies and thoughts. After World War II, man, you better tow, you better tow the country thought process. Otherwise, you're not even going to get to eat. And in the UK, she could not remember the name of the park, but their their idea of freedom of speech. And remember, UK stands for United Kingdom. It is not a constitutional republic. It still is not. Even though they have the House of Parliament and they do have elected officials, it is still a kingdom. And the people who live there are subjects therein. They are not citizens. Uh, it, 
when you understand that ideology, there's a huge difference in what you realize the freedom of speech, what you can say and can't say is, to the point where my mom said, oh, well, we had freedom of speech. There was a park. You could go to this park and you could stand on this little stand and you could say anything you wanted while you were standing on that stand and speak your mind without any fear of reprisal. But don't you dare do it anywhere other than that spot right there. And it is out outside in a park. People could come and they would listen. The whole idea is you've got one person speaking their mind and it's going to go out to maybe, you know, whatever small crowd they gather. It's controlled. It's controlled freedom of speech. But then when they go back home and talk about it, their neighbors report them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and and the know. matter of it is, is that, and, and we've heard this on, on Patriot Radio, Andrew Wilkow says this quite often. He says, you don't really have a lot of freedom of choice or freedom of speech. You don't have a lot of freedom in this country. All it is you have the government saying you can choose between the red triangle, the green triangle, or the chartreuse triangle. You don't have any other choices aside from the triangle. We will tell you what it is you are allowed to choose, the green, the red, or the yellow. And by the way, those are our triangles. Those are our triangles right. as we live before in our sovereignty, before our sovereign God. And I will say this, by whatever name we call him, that is between the individual given sovereignty and God and his creator. And that's the end of it. But this thing, that is not what the leftists believe in. They believe that you... Mr. Nicholson, are an interchangeable component of their machine as they deem appropriate, and when you are no longer a viable asset in which to invest money in the form of IE healthcare, they will gladly remove you from the machine, let you die, and continue on in their collective for the common good and the betterment of all society, because after all, God is dead and there's no need for the individual concern for the individual concern. Denise actually just handed me her phone. Uh -oh. with um, uh -oh. a thing here and and there is she, it's on the breeze and I'm not going to read this because I don't want to get slapped with copyright violation or anything like that you can read it um, give credit. It's, it's by Carrie Smith K-E-R-R-Y-S-M-I-T-H contributing columnist uh, and this post is uh, from February 13, 2014 and Carrie talks about in her article having a heated discussion with a fellow classmate about freedom of speech in America. And she questioned the idea that Americans have the right to freedom of speech, which was immediately, she notes here, uh, taken as an outrageous comment, uh, extremely offensive. And the idea of Americans' uh, freedom was, or, or quoting right here from this, the idea of Americans' freedom was immediately defended. Um, you know, the the offense notion was that you have no right, uh, and needless to say, she got scared into being silenced, yeah. into being silenced, uh, and. But see, that's what that's what people on the left said you know, the same thing about the last presidential campaign, that they were silenced uh, out of the campaign. The left was silenced out of No, no, not. Oh. The, yeah, the left was silenced oh, out, so of, out of. so? In their minds. How, uh, how well, because, the, because of the bluster and because of the all the uh, plastering that was uh, done by the candidate who is now in the White House. So, 
So they were silenced because he did it better than they did. Well, that's not. They they, they whooped us in 2008. We whooped them then. You were talking about tactics. No, 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 I'm not talking about tactics. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about tactics. But what it is, though, is that no one actually suppressed their speech. They weren't silenced. They lost. And we got to be really clear when someone says, well, the, as a, if a leftist ever comes up to me, heaven help them. If they ever come up to me and say, well, you know, and say, you know if we, we were silenced in this last election, so how are you silenced? You controlled the universities, you controlled the high schools, you controlled the media, you controlled the entertainment between Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and every other pinko that you've got running around within your gated communities. Well, I'm sorry. You don't live like the common man, yet you want to tell the common man how to live like we're Lilliputians to serve you. Hence, I digress. But you turn around, you turn around and, and, and you control all these outlets, and you say, well, we were silenced. Well, how are you silenced? Well, we lost. Well, no, no, losing and being silenced are two totally different things. You didn't, you weren't silenced. The reason you lost is because you weren't silenced and people knew what you were about. They didn't like your candidate. They didn't like her positions and they voted their conscience accordingly. Now, grow up and live with it. We suffered through two, two administrations with one Clinton, two more with Obama, and I'm sorry, as a conservative, I suffered through two with George W., and yes. now we have Donald Trump live with it. Well, and, I, and I, I think the reason that all the pundits were wrong about who was going to win is that there were a lot of very, very, very silent Trump voters, because it wasn't real fun to go out and say, hey, I'm going to vote for Trump. Why I didn't true? want to deal with what you would get if you what? said that. Why were they silent? I was very quiet. I just didn't want to deal with the lunacy of the left. What, what is, no, break that down. Were I, you afraid you car was going to get vandalized if you put a case, sticker potentially, on it? Potentially, absolutely. I would never have put a Trump sticker on my car because I would have oh. been afeared of, of, but it would have been more of... You wound up with broken windows. I, I truly enjoy intelligent political discourse. If you would have said before that election, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump, more than likely you would have not met, been met with intelligent political discourse. So now, I now, chose are, not to partake now, are, in Are, are you saying that you actually suppressed, self-suppressed your own freedom of speech out of fear? Uh, I don't know. A fear of yeah. concern? Well, it was more of, it was probably maybe not quite as dramatic as fear as it was just convenience. I just didn't want to, I don't want to deal with lunacy of, if I said it, and it's like, well, you're a racist, homophobe, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that or conversation. Sir, you're yes, I don't want to repaint my car after yeah. you take still out mine was actually, and that's, yeah, that I, certainly, I certainly would have been fearful of putting a sticker on and having vandalization. That is but it was, it was really more of, I just didn't want to have to have that stupid sure. conversation. Right. Well, it's avoiding confrontation, but if we start letting go, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people did that. There were, there were an I think, an enormous amount of silent voters, and... You know, they've, they've coined that phrase, but the silent majority. Yeah, true. And if you look sense. at the voting map, red versus blue, you can see that the majority of the landmass within the United States is red. Um, <laughs> Illinois itself would be a red state were it not for Chicago and Springfield. Chicago and Springfield, those two areas, the counties that surround them, carry this state as a blue state because of the voting population in those two locations. Um, otherwise, this would be a red state. It simply would be. Well, this would be an overwhelmingly red country without the five suburban centers. Yeah, the big cities. Or, you know, the, the five big cities. Name them off. Which five? Uh, New York. New York. San Francisco. L.A. Chicago. Uh, Chicago. <laughs> 
And I forget where the fifth would be. It could be in Philadelphia? Texas, I believe it's in Texas. It could be Dallas. Oh, Austin. 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 I don't know how big it is, but Austin definitely falls into that category. Uh, Seattle might be up in there. Urban areas are heavy left, and and the rest of us are Mm -hmm. are not. Doesn't it sound like we're whining? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, we're about half the country. Mm -hmm. Our side of the fence is about half the country. And they own, let's see, they own the media, they own the schools, right? Uh, blah, 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 all that. Mm-hmm. Why don't we? Why do we own those things? Yeah. Because we allow them to why be taken are we over. Letting them control you want to, you want to go thing. back and have a, look at, uh, have a look at how it is communists infiltrated this country and how McCarthy wasn't wrong, but his tactics were atrocious? Mm-hmm. You really want to, I don't think that's our topic today. Yeah. But that's really, I mean, yeah, you want, been if you want to go back and look at Woodrow Wilson and how, from, from their coming in and how after the Red Revolution over in Russia, the infiltration and how it is that the communists knew that, well, the Americans might support the ends, but they would never support a bloodletting revolution. We must do this slowly and gradually over time. If you want to get into that of how it is they infiltrated our institutions, well, we can have that conversation, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's what we're here for. Why have we already had our bloodletting? But that's but that's real. Well, along the I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ken. My 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 concern is we purport to be a nation of laws. Purport. We we seem we seem to have been losing track of that big time. Folks that incite riots nowadays no longer get arrested, much less prosecuted. True. Uh, there is an awful lot of money on the other side mm-hmm. that is spent flagrantly and openly inciting riot and causing media disturbance that's a heavy positive for the other side from my point of view right and nobody goes to jail for that people get hurt mm-hmm. stuff gets destroyed you know? no. and, and nobody's nobody's saying anything about that there's no accountability there's no culpability again this all goes back to whether or not we actually have the freedom of speech. Do people want it anymore? I don't think they do. It, it almost seems that. Half of us do. I would it, agree. I, I enjoy it. I like. I like having that. <laughs> like it's you know, doing this 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 podcast. And I've said this before. We couldn't have these conversations in certain other countries. Right. We most we, other countries. We we get in a lot of trouble if, and that would be the best case scenario. Oh, you guys, knock it off. We're in a lot of trouble. Smack you on the hand. And others, we wind up having our heads conveniently removed from our shoulders and giving our neck a pleasant breeze. But, you know, this, I, I like having the ideology of freedom of speech. But I don't think people, you know, Don, out of, out of your comment, mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't want to deal with the confrontation of expressing your views. Mm-hmm. So in this silent majority, have we then become far too passive in allowing what we call the other side? Because we have been divided. I mean, they've done an amazingly good job they are at good. dividing our country mm-hmm. on, on the sides of, you know, conservative, leftist, right, left. And, you know, we, we fell for that hook, line, and sinker. We, we went for that bait, and man, did we chew on it hard. But have we become, on the conservative side... You can you have we become too too passive and we just don't want to deal with it we don't want to mm-hmm. you know 
I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to say that, you know, John brought up a point about what did, what did we what did we bring to this country as as a as a nation? Okay, when we, when we first started the constitutional process, it didn't take a short period of time. I mean, let's face it, it was seventeen what seventeen seventy nine to eight, seventeen eighty seven or something like that. So it wasn't a short period of time that that the constitutional process went through. But those those people. Sat in that room, argued, discussed, went through what we're doing through, through hopefully today, uh, in some degree, uh, about rights that that they did not feel that they had. Um, they felt they had no representation, and I think many people today feel that they don't have any representation. Mm -hmm. right? That's why Trump won. Uh, I think it's just the, it's just the, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, just which parties in in, in uh, vogue at the time. If uh, uh, if the Republicans are are uh, uh, in vogue, well, then you're then you're then you're stuck with them. It, it's same thing with the Democrats, as John said. Went through two two uh, administrations of Obama, two years of of uh, uh, Clinton, or two terms of Clinton, two, uh, and then two uh, two terms of uh, H uh, HW. I mean, come on, we're we're not exactly uh, uh, not at fault here. We must never confuse the, the word Republican is in the party conservative with conservatism. Party. Well we must said. never forget that. that well that, said. That we, that's why they're called rhinos, Republican in name only. They don't have any more idea of what an actual Republican is than, than the man on the moon or little green apple. They don't have any clue. Then why do we support them? We don't. I don't. I'm a conservative. I support conservatives to the degree I have the, the, the means to do that. I, I, I couldn't agree more with the Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because things don't exactly get, you know, it's not like we switch and all of a sudden we're constitutionalists and we have limited government and lower spending when Republicans are in charge. No, actually, many, many Republicans have done their fair no, share. They're just, they're just often Democrat light is what it turns yeah. out being. But, uh, you know, and again, the whole, uh, my thought on this, Pete, is that we, in a lot of ways, we're, we're losing big time in terms of if, if we want a constitutional republic. We are losing it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And... Your question about you know whether we're silent or not, because I was silent with people that I didn't want to get in the conversation because it would have been a waste of time with that particular individual. I had many conversations with people like, you know, that maybe had different views that were willing to converse about it. So that's what I meant by I didn't want to get into the conversation when it wasn't a conversation. I just said I'm not going to deal with that because it is a complete waste of my time. But I, I think where we're challenged is, and we touched on this a little last week about you know, our approach is one of peacefulness and of, of conversation and logic and trying to convince others. But we're trying to convince others in many cases that they are too dedicated to what they want to have done. We're not going to convince. So how do you defeat? Right. And I would like us to defeat them in the arena of ideas, 
Um, and but um, right now, in a lot of cases, they're not fighting fair in that regard. Um, again, protests and putting people, you know, rioting and burning places down and running people off. They're not fighting fair, and we tend to fight fair, which is. And I'm sure there are people on the other side that would suggest that we don't sometimes. But I think that's why we're losing the battle. Is there's a little bit of a uh, the, the the tactics of the left are a little more aggressive than the tactics on the uh, on the right. Now let me play an unfamiliar role right now. Let me play the role of the optimist. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, Here it comes, guys. No, but <laughs> sincerely. So take a look at California with their sanctuary state yeah. position. There are now at least. 18 cities, 18 cities who will not, have, by their city council have voted, we will not participate in, in this tomfoolery you're engaged in. Currently, there are 658,000 signatures on a ballot. It's called Cal 3, to turn California into three different states. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because people don't believe that they're being represented, that they don't think that they have freedom of speech in a way that's effective, that their representatives are listening to them and exercising their will as a republic. And so they're thinking, look, let's just, let's just break this thing down even further. Let's subdivide the state of California. Let's subdivide the state of Illinois. The, the idea that we have 50 states, this is not Jefferson's picture. They'd all been the size of Connecticut or Rhode Island or Massachusetts, all across this country. But the reason that they're not is because very soon the 13 original colonies realized, wait a minute, we were 13. If there's like, once they realized how much land was out there, if we wind up with like 150, 200 states, we're not going to have as much influence. So they started chunking off this ground in bigger proportions so they could still maintain influence. I mean, this, I mean, you can go back and read it. This is not complicated to understand, but to the point that people, if they want their freedom of speech and to be represented in that speech, you have to subdivide the state. You have to subdivide the, the territory so you can be heard and be represented as opposed to being washed out by the city of Chicago or Los Angeles and, or New York or anything else. I think that's all, and I agree, That's you're right, that is a positive thing. The, the challenge, though, is the power of the federal government is almost making some of that almost irrelevant. I would, I would agree with that. The process of decentralization is incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. Intrinsically, it's easy to combine stuff into bigger wads, yep. but when you try to break it up again, everything from revenue streams to mm. law debt. structure to, to debt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's debt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, um, you, you know, I, I had a great conversation. Here's your $180,000. <laughs> <laughs> somebody said to me, said, well, if you wanted to subdivide Illinois or if you wanted to take the collar counties or Northern Illinois split off from Chicago, we would own so much percent of the debt. No, you, no, you wouldn't, because what which counties have been cash flow positive to the state treasury? Those have no part of the debt, and you know who's cash flow positive to the treasury. That's not a mystery. Mm -hmm. And if in so McHenry County, being cash flow positive to the treasury without any hesitation, question or doubt, owns no part of the state debt. If we were to split off, the only part of the state that would have debt would be Cook County, Chicago, and maybe a few counties around East St. Louis and Peoria. Yeah, so but I, those seven million people are going to have a hard time letting you go. You know. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. I'm just espousing, theoretically mm -hmm. speaking, that's how a person could do it. So a person say, well, how do we split up the debt and the revenue and the assets? Well, no, that's pretty easy, actually. That's pretty simple to do. The, the, what's hard about it is the will to do it. Mm -hmm. They don't have the will to do it. They, they have the statesmen to do it. 
Right. Well, the will and the statesman and wanting to be a statesman, but that comes back down to representation. And then again, the voice and exercising our freedom of speech. Well, they want to be a crook. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like, and, and again, it's there are so many people who just want to shut you up if they if you don't agree with what they're saying. And and I think that. At this point in time, we have to, if, if we have a more conservative voice and we want to not go away from uh, a, a constitutional republic, with a, which is a, the country we live in, we're going to have to step it up. Mm -hmm. We can't just say, you know, we want to meet you. You know, the way Don said, we tend to want to have a reasonable conversation. We want to talk it out. We want to have uh, the use of logic and understanding and an exchange of ideas, and we're open to that. We keep saying, hey, you, you have different thoughts. Come to this table. Oh, no, no, no. Because unfortunately what happens is you wind up with a response that is, they go, they go immediately, they depart, and I, they, I mean, you know, people on the left who are extreme leftists, and, and you see this on social media all the time. As soon as someone says something that they don't agree with, you're racist, you're a bigot, you're... You know, homophobic. What did anyone say that had to do a damn thing with race in the conversation? Nothing. But it's how they shut you down. And all the, oh, well... I'm not either a racist, and I, don't you dare call me that. And and it immediately changes the course of conversation. It makes you defensive, wherein you don't have to be. And if you're going to maintain logic, you have to get louder with your logic. And you have to hold them to the fire. Anybody who argues that way, they immediately come at you with nonsensical ideologies. And again, and I'm not calling racism nonsensical, but when they come at you with a nonsensical ideology as it is germane to the conversation, I need to take a breath there. Well, yeah, it's almost like I know you are. What am, what, you know, what yeah, are you? I know you are. What am I? I know you that's, are. That's again, that's what I mean. I, I will work really, really hard to convince someone who will have that discussion. I think, though, that most of the leaders of the Democratic Party are not those people. They're not going to be convinced. Um, I can convince my neighbor who maybe hasn't doesn't know certain things and maybe hasn't looked at it from that perspective, and we can have an open discussion. Those people, you might be able to change someone's mind. Um, but are you going to change Nancy Pelosi's mind? Are you going to change Chuck Schumer's mind? No. Those people have to be defeated electoral, you know, in, in elections and taken away. And the whole idea of free speech is so I mean, what? I don't remember who, where I've heard this. And, um, this is not my original thought, but the whole idea of it's, it, it's amusing. The whole First Amendment wasn't put in place to protect polite things and nice things. It was in there. It's in there to protect nasty, ugly things that we all should Absolutely. despise. The idea of a good, friendly yeah, fight. Yeah, but uh, if, if, but if that's the only thing that needs protecting, us talking nice with each other doesn't need protecting. It's the morons that, you know, that unfortunately a lot of times when you're protecting free speech, you're protecting some pretty stupid, crazy people. But they need, let them, let them show themselves, and if we're decent people, they will be dismissed and, and ignored. How is it that we are so bad at winning this conversation? I mean, we are bad at arguing with leftists. About freedom of speech specifically? Yeah. 
I, I think because if you're in a if you are in a nonsensical conversation, and that's <laughs> where it goes yeah, quickly. That's because it's we're, like, we're trying to use logic. That's yeah, why it's we it's like talking to a and you're using logic against work. people who aren't logical. Mm -hmm. So right. you're gonna lose. Yeah, when you're automatically when that conversation devolves from my point, your point, to you're a moron, you're a homophobe, you're this, you're that. You're done. Where, where do you go from there? There's no place to go unless I start pummeling you. And, there's, and, there's a, and I'm not above that. <laughs> and really, you're a willing Somehow I can see that. <laughs> and, there's, and there's a big difference between having a debate about a policy versus what resorts to name calling. Yep. There's a big difference because as soon as they start labeling you now they've taken you off the table as being legitimate mm -hmm. if this person is a racist uh, a xenophobe a this and that the other thing that illegitimizes everything that comes out of their mouth you ought not listen to them and now the now the conservative voice has been marginalized by the labels and they're very good at this because they play to the lower common denominator of the human intellect to be a conservative it takes a certain amount of rigor it takes a certain amount of discomfort to be a, a leftist in the way that I mean leftist, I mean Marxist, that does not take great intellectual rigor. It really doesn't. It's really driven by emotion. It's driven by if you don't like what they're doing, shut them up. If you can't shut them up, imprison them. If you can't imprison them, kill them. That is what history shows us they do. Well, see, the interesting part about that, too, is that you've got these people that are screaming this mm -hmm. eventually if this happens and everything becomes quiet you're not allowed to do anything now those people are going to be part of that process and getting that thrown in their face so they're not going to be able to talk anymore unless you're in the elite group yes you're going to be shut up at one point you're exactly right unless you're in the oligarchy and have that chair when the music stops you're going to be just another cog in their machine and boom you're going to be dressed in gray to do the bidding of the collective and that's the end of it and i think john i think the risk is is i what amazes me is how people a lot of people have heard this conversation that could never happen here oh, oh. It's happened. that's to me is what is so frightening is they actually it's like so it's only happened about every civilization that ever tried to be free ever mm. but it can't happen here why not it is happening here we've I mean, held we it, it off day. longer than yeah, any other country you're right we've lasted more than 200 years right there. most of them don't make it much more than 200 years but that's what astounds me is that it'll never happen it's like it is happening here it's also the level of militancy that's, that's the militancy point. that this is so important is that the militancy we see in our neighbors in our children the militancy i don't care if you're a leftist if you want to engage in the conversation mm -hmm. But to be a leftist and militant and just to shut people down, that is not okay. And, and, it's, and it's like a gang war. It's like a gang fight. If, if I'm talking to you and you belong to that side, it's never just you and me talking. As soon as somebody else hears the conversation, here comes all your buddies, whether you know them or not. Yeah, you are a homo. Who are you? <laughs> right, and you that's how from? it goes. Exactly. And, you, and to evidence that, look at you know, look at things on the news. Look at look at the riots that were had. Look at the people that were interviewed by people that couldn't answer basic questions about the government. Didn't know who the vice president of the country was. Right. But here they are shutting me down or trying to. Mm -hmm. But they have holding the, their sign. 
Right. Yeah. But wearing their hat. Misspelled. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's misspelled. Yeah. And in their and in their and in their defense, they have every right to pe- to protest, to peaceably uh, address the government and the things that they feel are grieving them. They have the right to do that, and they should do that peaceably, not rioting. George Soros can spend all the money he wants on. On, on funding leftist groups like Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. Occupy Wall Street and all the rest of them. Spend, spend all the all. money you want. Spend spend Mr. Bloomberg, spend all the money you want. So long as those populations obtain the appropriate permitting mm-hmm. by their local municipalities in which they seek to protest and they do so in a way that is peaceable to redress their grievances against the government. They are free to do that and I support them to do that. But they don't do that. They, they don't do flip that. over cars and burn buildings. <laughs> yes. Because if they yes. don't flip over cars and burn buildings and, and create mayhem, it's right. not newsworthy. No, it's not. And, and if it's not newsworthy, they don't get the press. Did you have for. this stuff happening with Martin Luther King? How many cars did Martin Luther King flip over? Not one. No. Or his followers. Or his followers. But but when, you, but when you let that genie out of the bottle in the form of Jesse Jackson, they used to say Martin Luther King had a dream. Jesse Jackson had a scheme. Once you get, <laughs> oh you, my God, I like that. Once I you just memorized that. Once you get, once you let that thing, once you let that genie out of the bottle, and now it becomes the next generation just takes it the next to the next level, and then the next level, and pretty soon they're flipping over cars or burning buildings. This is not the these are not the dreams of Martin Luther King. This is not it. This is leftist. This is Marxism. This is totally different. And those people who want to be free to, in their speech, to shut us up today will someday be silenced at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. And here, and, and it's been proven. Yes. And going to, you know, moving away from that just a hair, we've identified the players to this point, the media, the schools, the what have you. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see a new player, and it's not really a new player, but one that's got a bigger voice than they used to, and that's corporate America. Mm-hmm. Here's what I mean by that. The second largest bank in the country said, you know what? If you sell guns, we don't do business with right. you anymore, right. period. Right. Now, does this have to do with a law? Absolutely not. Nope. Is it big enough to shut people down? Yeah. You bet it is. It is. You bet it is. So you've got those kinds of things going on. So now we have corporations dictating policy with no backing of law. Right. Does that scare anybody besides me? It does. Absolutely. But the market can't address that, I believe. The market, I mean, you know, if... if Look at what's happened with the NRA since a lot of these things. They're growing like crazy because people are pushing so hard against it. To me, the idea is, there's, I bet you there's some banks out there that would think quite differently and, and take the business. And take the business. And so that's and why the marketplace so. should be the solution to that. Who, who's again, that young lady at Fox that just got, oh my gosh. Laura Ingram. Yeah, Laura yeah. Ingram. Oh, yeah. Another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah round applause for Laura Ingram. Aye, aye. But, uh, yeah. um, what I found incredibly interesting is the people who actually continued to sponsor her after, you know, the, the young man wanted mm-hmm. you know, had, had the, the disagreement with her and then wanted her boycotted. How many people came back and said, "Oh no, okay, well you're going to drop her. Guess what? We're I'll dropping you." So here comes the market. To your point, Tom, but you yep. know, like the bank, that's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. But one of them was, um, I think, it, what is it, My Pillow? Yeah, yeah. Um, said, no, we're going to stick with her. There's just because they stuck with her, people said, all right, you know what? I'm going to buy a damn mm-hmm. pillow. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, just because. Yeah, right. But the 19, that, just dro- to, the 19 yeah. that dropped her caused irreparable damage, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. 
Right. You know, it's it's that is ridiculous. But we are seeing that. That does bother me. That is scary. Uh, but then again, you have a whole other conversation of what type of uh, freedom of speech, and I'm doing a little finger air quotes mm, yeah. there. You have inside a corporate environment. That's part of what I mean by you, not you don't. fair. You don't see a lot of conservatives stepping up and saying, let's boycott this, boycott this, boycott this. That is the left kind of owns the boycott. And I don't know, I'm, I get conflicted on that. Sometimes I think we should, but I don't want to get in that game because that just gets silly. Talk about divisive. And I think it's that's, like I should be able to, you know, let me just pick who I bank or custom, whatever I buy based on their product and their service, not on their right. politics. Not on their and that's right. the problem, I think, when we ask the question, why aren't we like that? Yeah. You know, those of us that uh, that grew up in the cities, you know, we didn't bring a, we didn't bring a, a, a gun to a fight. We brought our fists. We're not draw. We're not going to drop to the level of bringing a gun. That's not what we do. We are honorable. I know exactly what you mean. But, but that's my point. Well, you know, like you said, well, we don't necessarily want to boycott because that makes us no better than them. So. I guess my question is, what does it take to become effective at fighting back? I know. Well, look and, at, and I'm looking right at yeah, you when right. I ask that question. Yeah. Look at our revolutionary war. Mm -hmm. We have an example of what it takes to be effective at fighting back. We wanted our freedom from the United Kingdom, from the UK, from the monarchy. We wanted to be citizens. We no longer wanted to be subjects. We did not want to be ruled. And they came with their fight. And they marched in nice, even rows, the way the military is supposed to fight. Right. And we said, oh, screw that. Get in the trees. Exactly. Hide right. behind the rocks. Exactly. Hide behind the boulders. Get a longer barrel. Get a longer barrel. <laughs> Shoot farther. Yep. And now, then we had the, the Civil War. You know, Now we're looking at this issue again. You cannot fight anger and emotion with... Common sense and reason, but you can't sit on your hands either. But you can't sit on your hands either. So you have to look at this in, in and I'm, I imagine I might get smacked for this, but you have to look at this from a parental standpoint. Oh you know, my are, gosh! Are the, are parental the, responsibility. Are we oh, as man. conservatives? What is that? Within a constitutional republic, are we the parents of the nation? And are the left the unruly children? Because they're acting like it. They're behaving they're like it. They're running freaking wild is what so, they're doing. Well, they're running freaking wild. And so now is it incumbent upon us to say, you know what? It's either toe the line, get back in shape, or your butt's getting spanked, and you're going to be sent to your room for a while. It's... And I know that that is an analogy in comparison to a civil war. And I think everyone on the conservative side, even you know, people, what about the, the good old boys in the South? You know what? I don't think even they actually want to start pulling out guns no, and go to war. Nobody, nobody, and then I say even they. People that know about guns don't last guns that want to, last yeah. guys that want to pull them. Right? And, and if, if the, and we have that whole argument of the law-abiding gun owners were a problem, you'd know it. Yeah. You, you, you would know it problem. by now. Yeah. There would be an issue. And I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, 
if if you force a conservative, and that's the thing, John, I think you you said that it, it, coming from the other side, and I'll agree, there's not an equal balance of culpability. There are different points of view, obviously, on each side, but the left is pushing and pushing and pushing in a Marxist manner, right? Pushing, 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 and at some point, if we want to maintain the country and our rights and this wonderful freedom of speech that we have, we're going to have to draw a line and say, stop. You see, the cons- enough of that. The conservative, by his or her nature, wants to run their business, mm-hmm. wants to stay home with their families, want to live on their farms, want to live a quiet life before their God with their, with their kin. Mm-hmm. By their nature, that's what the conservative wants. If a person wants to push and be an advocate and, and advance and go after people, then a person in that situation is exhibiting a leftist tendency. The conservatarian wants to be, just to be left alone and live in peace. Mm-hmm. The leftist that's interesting, why does that change? As a, as a business owner, when you start out, you're very conservative. Right, and as you're growing your business, you, you have those values. You watch the bottom line. You're not overspending. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you get into that millionaire billionaire status, and all of a sudden, you turn into a, a liberal. Co- Look co- at Mark Cuban. He, he backed Hillary Clinton. Sure. Uh, guy owns Costco's. A flaming. Right. I mean, where, where does that change? There's, Why does that change? Is that the good old boys club? Now you're going to get privy, even though you have billions. Are you going to have? You now you're privy to even more billions. It's Andy, a, I have no clue, and it frightens me I, that I, I have think no it's, clue. I think I, it's I, risk. I don't They're managing risk. They're managing risk. If they don't toe the line, their business will be hurt. No, I no, no, no. Yeah, no. You, don't, you don't think that people like that are not towing the line because if they, I, mean, no, I think there's a transformation who, there from conservative yeah. to 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 to. A You're making an assumption a, that these yeah, people yeah, started yeah. conservative, but I'm not sure I well, would necessarily you, agree well, with. They may never have been that. Yeah, I think well, there's a lot more of them like Mr. Zuckerberg, who started way, way, way left liberal and just never left, and, yeah. and, and they beat the system, and mm-hmm. they. Right. they I, yeah. I have nothing but respect for the man. And success level, you know. I, I think though there's a big difference because that touches on physical conservatism, and I think there's a sort of huge a different topic. difference between physical conservatism. Oh, I can't say easy that. for you to physical conservatism and social conservatism mm-hmm. or yes. uh, social liberalism or leftism. And and again, my daughter and you even mentioned I I tend to be. A little more liberal, and maybe the word is moderate or forgiving, on the on the social side, meaning how people live their lives. As far as I'm concerned, as long as you're not hurting or harming someone else, or suppressing, repressing, or oppressing someone else, in order to do that, go do your thing. I don't care how you live your life, as long as you do it over there, and I do it over here. Mm-hmm. Which is, to John's point, the actual conservative just wants to go about their daily lives, enjoy their life, enjoy the fruits of their labor, and you know, worship as they see fit, enjoy their level of spirituality without someone else telling them, you know what, screw you, you're wrong, doing it the wrong way get out of here or do it my way or guess what I'm just going to kill you right. <laughs> it's, because not, it's not okay it's not, not okay, not okay. And, it's, and, 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 it's okay, and it's okay for the owner of Costco of which I've recently become a member oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> congratulations a round of applause for John hey, wonderful oh, yeah. didn't you want Sam's the application <laughs> process was <laughs> grueling yeah the, but here's I don't care if the dude's a flaming 
liberal, liberal. and he right. and he wants to pay his employees what he wants to pay them and treat them the way he wants to treat them and take a low salary and work off of a card table and he wants to out of his own liberty embody and embrace and live those values he holds dear that's great the problem that comes in that because he has made it into the billionaires club he starts pushing his money and his wealth behind the causes of the militants and the Marxists that will ultimately come to put me in a cage. That is where the problem comes in. And that is so if the liberal billionaire wants to live his or her life supporting those values, wants to drive a hybrid, wants to recycle, wants to donate money to PETA, whatever the case may be, God bless, go in peace. I don't care about that. But when they cross that line and now they start saying, yeah, now I'm going to put money in these particular organizations and funding them, and they are going to in turn come after me and my rights as an individual and my liberty, that's where I have a problem with the billionaires. Beautiful. Yeah. Well and you said. know, the interesting part is I used to be a huge fan of the Marcus Lemonis, the prophet hmm. uh, owns all the camping yeah. lands, right? Yeah. And then he comes out and he says, well, if you voted for Trump, I don't want you as a customer. Right. Right. Uh, come on here. Where, 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 does, where does that? Uh, as a business owner, I don't care. You know what? It's your right to refuse someone. Yeah. Right, but as a personally as a business owner, why would you turn business it's, down? I don't care. It's it not your matter. right to refuse someone. By the way, you know, let's talk to some people that run bakeries. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you don't have a right in you're some saying cases. If somebody Evidently. else has made that right, yes, but that's their right based on whatever they want. But personally, to me, I wouldn't matter because you're you're a customer. I'll take care of the best I can. Right. Your politics or your religion shouldn't come into that. As a business owner, mm -hmm. you're there to make money and a profit. A fair profit and right. treat people right. Those yes. are, that's a great example, though, of the difference of response. It's obviously a big company versus a small company. Well, hey, but look what happened to Campy. Is Campy World's business fine? They're doing just fine, aren't yeah, they? They, they didn't are. get the guys rioted and burned down. Man, the, guys the bakery most chose not to serve someone, and they were Got destroyed. Killed. It's that's the difference in response. They were destroyed. I mean, people attacked. And we and, don't, attack. and we just go. No. Well, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> but, but it's also. The but he has the right to. It's not just the difference between the big and the small in mm -hmm. business. It's also the difference between the conservative thinking individual yeah. business person versus the left wing. That is that the objective for the leftists is different. Yeah. It, the politics is the religion. The politics is the objective. The leveraging of that strength is the objective. The business person, if they are conservative in their mindset, says. I want to provide to you a good service or product. I want to add value to your life through my product or service. I want to I want to make some money so I can live in peace with my family before my God. That's what they want, and that's a totally different mindset. Mm -hmm. It is a totally different mindset, different and I think point. what we're what we're feeling and what is happening is that the people who are leftists. And I'm, I'm going to stick with John. What you said earlier, leftist Marxist. I I don't like the whole Republican Democrat. I don't think that really defines. Those are no longer good words. It, they're not good words because they don't define anything. We have conservatives and we have moderates. We have uh, people on the left. We have people extreme left. But at any rate, what we have are people who are pushing the others. And, and if we're going to say we're conservatives, at some point you're going to push too damn hard mm -hmm. and you're going to make us prove our resolve, our resolve in wanting to live in liberty. Trump is, and, is that any, you know, is that any frankly, different? Frankly, 
if if the leftists, leftist Marxists, if they do not acknowledge this, there's going to be a massive problem. Well, is that someday. Any, is that any someday. There's is that gonna, any, is that any and that might be their goal. No, again, is that any different than, than them saying, okay, you had Tea Party now, you're far, far, far. You're too far out there for, you know, you're way out there. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, it, it seems to me that there are people that, that just don't get the whole system. And the whole system is part of our, part of our, our history, part of our culture, but we don't engage. We, we don't engage. Anybody, I don't care if you're conservative or if you're if you're liberal. It doesn't make any difference if you engage in the system. Let's face it. If the if the liberals engaged in the system the last time like they should have, then uh, the gentleman would not be in the White House. But if the um, uh, if the conservatives are struck by a cord or lightning bolt or whatever else you want to call it. Uh, you can you can get certain things done, but let's face it. I mean, in Illinois, how do you, how do you have a state in this union in this day and age that does not have a budget for, <laughs> for fifteen or sixteen months? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. That that to me is the is the. Epitome of, of ludicrousness. But to wow. but back to but back hmm. to a point that you made is with regards to they the left wing would say, well, you Tea Party types are too far out there, right? You're too far right, so on and so forth. The anecdote to that is this: it's called the Tenth Amendment. Okay. You you and your left leaning tendencies go live where it is you want to live. Me and my right leaning tendencies let me allow me to live where I want to live under the laws I see fit so on and so forth, and if a state, i.e. California, finds itself too divided and people aren't represented, then that state should therefore subdivide so there is representation and people again can live according to the Tenth Amendment in their liberty and be represented and their speech be heard. That is the idea. Mm -hmm. The leftists will say, well, you're too far right, one size must fit it all, I therefore must coerce you and therefore you are too far right, I must either bring you back or I must exterminate you marginalize you so you're not heard and have no audience, suppressing your freedom of speech. And that is, again, they see the one-size-fits-all. The conservative says, no, let me move to Texas, let me move to Florida. You go to California, New York, or Massachusetts, that's fine, God bless, really, it's okay. I want you to go where you, I want you to have the best possible life you can have with your family before your God. But their perspective is, no, I want you to be subservient to the state and the communal system. Mm -hmm. It's a different perspective. And on that note, yeah. we've been recording, I'm sorry, wait, go ahead. You said something about there's going to be a big problem. Don't we already have? It will get worse. It'll get worse. I know. It's going to get, well, we already have a, <laughs> we have a big and, problem. And my, my wife constantly says that she is so afraid for our children and mm -hmm. what may become their, their children's yes. problem. But I think we're going to see something in our lifetime. I'm, I'm, I'm only in my 50s. I, I, I imagine... I may have a, a, a few decades left in me, at least I hope. Um, probably have to lose a few pounds to make that a little bit longer. Uh, but, Just a young um, snipper snapper. But, uh, you know, it's... 
careful how they made me. We have we have a problem, and that's part of why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. At least we're using our voices, and hopefully this reaches other people and 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 gives them the idea to sit down and talk and figure out what they need to do and what we're doing here and communicating. We're at just a hair over an hour recording now. Uh, I'd like to uh, maybe wrap up a little bit. Are there any final thoughts? Are we, we, we've talked this thing to death. We've we've exercised our freedom of speech (laughs) for an hour and two minutes here. Sounds good to me. (laughs) So I will thank you Good, I got my exercise for that. I'm refreshed. (laughs) Thank you all very much. Give yourselves a All right, we'll talk to you next week.